I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to a weekly Nerd Alert. Uh, or I guess, as I should say for this episode, um, um, <clears throat> last time on Batman, I mean, on Nerd Alert, <laughs> the Doc and John talked for almost two hours about previous Batman movies. <laughs> then and, they left it on a cliffhanger. And we're not shocked that they talked for two hours on Batman. <laughs> what do they want to see from a Batman franchise to come? Find out today. Uh, so yes, last week, if you if you didn't catch last week's episode, go back and give it a listen. So we, we're doing basically an extended state of the franchise, basically, for the Batman. Um, and by we, I of course mean... My co-host, the other part of this dynamic duo, uh, my personal Cape Crusader, because uh, I think you have to be Batman, Jay. I think I would look better in pixie shoes with with shaved legs. I think I think the Robin suit probably fits better on me. So I'll take that hit. I'll be your Robin, uh, the the Batman to my Robin, folks. <laughs> Joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via the Bat DeLorean. It's the Ooh. doll. I am darkness. I am vengeance. I am Batman. Very nice. Yeah. No, no, that was it. I just on Batman. I'm Batman. Wait, wait. (laughs) Where were the other drugs going? Sorry. (laughs) What if I did a really high pitch like it's a bat? Where were the other? No, that's terrible. Don't do that. Sorry. Uh, More callbacks to last week. So no, we last week uh, we started a state of the franchise. We covered uh, specifically the live action Batman movie franchise. So no, we didn't talk about Mask of the Phantasm or Lego Batman or the eight and a half billion animated Batman movies Warner Brothers Animation puts out just this year. Uh, there'll be twelve million next year. Uh, we're just covering the live action Batman films because there's so much Batman media, so much Bat media. There we go. Uh, We had to kind of cut it down. And even then, (laughs) we went way over. It was just shy of two hours last week. But we talked about uh, the big Batman movies that have come before. We took a brief look forward at what's coming uh, later this year. Uh, At the time of this recording, we're a few weeks away from The Batman. And we're a few months away from Flash, which will be giving us 
not one but two incarnations of of the Batman on film. But like we always like to wrap up our sort of the state of the franchises with is to take a look as fans at where do we want this franchise to go? What do we want to see from this IP, from this character? Um, And we had a bit a while ago during our Lord of the Rings month uh, where we did, uh, and Jay, uh, it was you came up with this, and I can't remember if it was you or Scott who coined the term, but we did our first urbanization episode where we took a movie and recast it featuring our favorite actor, the Bacon of the movie world, not Kevin Bacon. No, Carl fucking Urban is his full name. Because Carl Urban is the bacon of movies. He makes every movie better just by being in it, like Bacon does. Um, so we did a whole Lord of the Rings recast with Carl Urban, and we thought, you know what? If we're going to talk about what we want to see coming forward from a Batman franchise, wouldn't it also be fun to not just take a, a jump back to a show Jay and I used to do called I'd Watch That? Um Let's not just talk about, oh, it'd be cool to see a Batman, you know, this storyline from the comics is a Batman movie. That'd be cool. Let's pitch it. Um, And this whole thing snowballed. So what you're getting today is (laughs) (laughs) the second part of the state of the franchise, or last part of the state of the franchise, combined with um, an urbanization episode of the Batman combined with uh, our old format of I'd watch that where Jay and I pitch a movie. Um, only today we're sort of pitching. We, we each have our own pitch for Batman. So we yeah. we had the same problem that yes. we could not cast Batman characters without having a story for those characters. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings, we know the story yeah. of Lord of the Rings. We know the characters. We 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 understand the assignment. But Batman's been around for 80 years. There have been so many movies and so many different interpretations of the character. It's hard to just say Batman. It's like okay, well, like. What kind of Batman? Because, uh, you know, I, I watched Lego Batman the other night because I hadn't watched that in forever. And I would never cast um, uh, Will Arnett as a live action Batman. But as the voice of Lego Batman, he nails it. So, again, it, it's important to know context of what kind of Batman are you looking for? So. Jay and I being Jay and I, this spiraled way out of control. Yep. We even set a limit on how many characters we could cast, and I went past it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I stop. even I couldn't stop. Jay. And, I, and I started a list that was like, "Oh, we need these characters," and I excluded one of the characters. I crossed it out. I was like, "No, I can't have this character in my Batman movie." So, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's what's fluid. happening it's today. Fluid. Yes, <laughs> you're getting two nerds basically giving you. Here's what I really want to see uh as a batman movie and we're gonna go one step further and cast it and we're gonna go an extra step further because if we're gonna be casting something it's gonna be an urbanization which means somewhere in all of our cast lists we must include the bacon of cinema <clears throat> carl urban uh we also get a bonus point if you throw Stephen lang into so with that all being said i hope everyone's caught up jay do you want to start? So we're, we're, we're each going to give a brief, like, here's my pitch for the movie, and then we're going to go into our casting. Um, okay. So that, you'll under, so that everyone listening will understand the kind of Batman movie we're trying to make, and that will influence who we cast in what roles. And there are a few. There's a handful of roles. We both are doing uh, the same. We're, all, we're both casting Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Jim Gordon, um, Dick Grayson, and Selena Kyle. 
I think we're the ones we all have in common, we both have in common. And from that point, it was kind of, and then uh, whatever else you want. And I think we finally agreed on a limit of no more than nine. So theoretically, we shouldn't have more than four more characters to come, but it's us. So God only knows. Um, Right. So that's, we have a few in common. We'll go through those ones first and then we'll jump into the, okay, in my movie, I've got this character. Like in my movie, um, Condiment King is the main villain. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So Jay, give me your pitch so we know what kind of Batman movie you're making. All right. Strap in, John, because this one, you're either going to love it or hate it. I love the idea and some people hate ideas like this. Okay. So. Atomic batteries to full turbines to speed. Let's go. So last week you said something that really intrigued me. You want to see a grizzled, embattled Batman. I did Damn too. Damn it, Jay. We're going to pitch the same movie. <laughs> I did too. I wanted to see a Batman that was not new. I don't want to see his origin story anymore. I know who Batman is. I don't want new, fresh Batman. I want Batman that's been around for a while. Okay. Now, this Batman that's been around a while, see, crime in Gotham has started to go down. You still got your major crime bosses, right? Right. But crime kind of goes down because not only is Batman vigilanteing around somebody else who may or may not have worked with him at one point in time is helping vigilante around. Huh? You picking up what I'm putting down? Is it? Is it Ace the Bat Hound? Yes. Okay. Yes. Nailed it. You got it. All right. So because Batman's such a great detective, though, right? He notices crime. He notices crime is like starting to peak, like pick back up. But it's not crime against normal people. It's crime against criminals. And he knows he doesn't kill criminals. And he knows his... Cohort doesn't kill criminals. So what's going on? Enter the big bad, which I don't want to give away yet. Okay. Okay. So he figures all of this out, this big bad. And I avoided the one trope that's in all of like a lot of superhero movies where you have like a a midway showdown with the big bad. Okay. And then the hero's like, oh, no, I got defeated. And then he has to like come back and try again. Hey, man, if it's good enough for every Rocky movie. (laughs) Right? So I avoided that. So the way my movie plays out is he figures it out, but we don't get that climactic end until the end. So, like, the last third of this movie is a lot of just... You're going to Godzilla us, aren't you? It's going to be a lot of vigilantes. You're going to Rogue One this shit. A lot of vigilantes. It's going to be one big bad... But this big bad has, let's just say, a lot of henchmen. Um, there's going to be some anti-heroes. Uh, and and maybe somebody that might surprise you and also make you angry. So I'm just I'm just waiting to see your reaction. Somewhere so, in there, Carl. Gotcha. Yes. And so that's okay. my move is that it's just like it's basically a detective crime story trying to okay. figure out what's going on that ends in a, a team up. Of vigilantes and anti-heroes. Well, Jay. Stop me if you've heard this. Okay. 
I'm tired of seeing uh, Batman origin stories. Stop, I'm tired stop, of seeing. Wait, oh, okay, stop. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, and I will definitely expand upon it. But um, for all the failings of the DCEU and all of the embellishments um zach snyder is want to when it comes to being way overly uh violent and, and brutal with his batman one thing i did love about batfleck you know, grizzled veteran batman a batman who's yep. been around for 20 years a batman where he's already encountered his entire rogues gallery every movie isn't another origin story uh that has to explain where this villain came from uh, I love because because again, when I started reading comics, it was I was in college when I really started reading college uh, comics. So I came into the world of the Batman where all that stuff already existed. He'd already encountered every villain multiple times. There there were no origin stories anymore. It was just here's a new uh, a new story with that character, and they would reference storylines that I hadn't read and events I didn't know about. And there, you know, there's always a little asterisk in the, in the bottom uh, of a panel saying, uh, oh, to see what they're talking about, read uh, whatever, Dark Knight issue five. And, and that, as a comic book reader, the next time I'm at the comic book store, I'm like, oh, hey, do you have Dark Knight? I need to get issue number blah, 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 so I know what the hell they were talking about. Like, it's, it's, it's that vicious cycle of comics where I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know every reference. Um, so it kept me going back in, in, in deeper down that well of comic books. Um, so I, the idea of seeing that in a movie, I loved. I loved the idea of just let's let's forget trying to establish everything as we go and just plop the audience just like a, a new, you know, if you walk into a comic book shop and pick up an issue of Dark Knight or uh, Detective Comics or Batman or whatever, he's got a million different titles. They don't pussyfoot around and try to catch every single new reader up every issue they can't so you're jumping right into a fully uh realized fully fleshed out universe where storylines have already happened and things are already in motion and you just kind of have to strap in and catch up and i love the idea of seeing that in a movie so i love the idea of the older veteran batman yeah so <laughs> my pitch um and because i'm a comic book nerd one thing I give Marvel top credit for is they have done a great job of cherry picking comic book storylines to adapt for their movies. However, they are never beholden to the comic book version of that story. Uh, case in point, Civil War. They took the general idea of Civil Marvel Civil War in the comics, which is Something happens, it splits the superhero community onto two sides, and then we see those two factions fight it out. What they're fighting about, what the faction lines are, are very different. Who's on what side, how many characters are involved, totally different. But they take, hey, that's a really cool idea. Let's take that idea and let's plop it into the MCU and see how it plays out. They're really good with that. Um, Age of Ultron, the comic and the, the movie other than the, other than that they feature the character of Ultron don't have a lot in common but they take sort of the the, the gist of a storyline and tailor it oh, I hit my own mic tailor it to to fit the movie and that's something DC live action doesn't really do uh, they take bits and pieces from comics sometimes but they generally you're telling their own story and I really want to see there's so many so many great Batman storylines 80 plus years of great Batman storylines 
one that always grabbed my attention. It was the first big Batman event I ever read. And there's no freaking way you can do this as uh, the entirety of this series because this series spanned over a year in the comics across multiple comics. Uh, I think it's 80 total issues if you try to read the whole thing. So it's too big to ever do in a movie. I would argue too big to even do in a uh, miniseries. But the the kernel, the nugget uh, at the center of this storyline, I think would be great. And that is the story of, sorry, I'm long-winded. Batman, No Man's Land. So here's the very, very quick rundown of, of No Man's Land. And I'm, I'm taking this storyline as inspiration, but I'm going to be changing things. In Batman, No Man's Land, a massive earthquake devastates Gotham City. That's where we open. In this chaos, uh, and you can draw lots of parallels to to modern disasters um, and, and the fallout thereof, the city is plunged into chaos. And Gotham is, is declared a no-man's land, meaning no one can go in, no one's allowed to leave. Uh, crime, which is already always overrunning Gotham, uh, the little bit of civilization Gotham had is now destroyed, and it's literally every man for themselves. And in part of this, not only is Wayne Manor destroyed and part of the Batcave, Wayne Manor collapses into the Batcave, Arkham Asylum is leveled, and all of the inmates run free. And as they're wont to do in this no-man's land, where the, the even on a good day, Gotham is struggling with, you know, police and firefighters and, and, and EMTs and, and, you know, keeping civilization going. Throw an earthquake into that and everything is chaos. So villains begin carving out their own territories within the no man's land. And it's up to a Batman who has now lost the Batcave and lost a lot of his tech. It is up to him to go back to his vigilante roots and reclaim no man's land. I like it. And that is my pitch. So <clears throat> in this universe, again, we're not doing origins for anybody. Everyone's already there. He's already had encounters with all of his big rogues gallery. He's already been Batman for a long time. What we're seeing is a stripped down back to basics Batman. That's my story. Okay. I- so... I guess yes. listening to that, I want to throw in one caveat about mine. Okay. My big bad doesn't need an origin because people are going to know who he is. I can't wait for you to see my big bad, Jay. Okay. Mm. This All is right. starting to sound dirty. We're talking about showing each other our big bads. Ooh, anyway, I'm going to show yeah. you my big bad. All right. So we got to start out, I think, with <laughs> Batman, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my Batman, Bruce Wayne, for me, I'm thinking of a guy that's like he still has to portray that playboy billionaire sort of air because he's still Bruce Wayne. But he's, you know, grizzled. He's older. He's not as young as he used to be. Okay. Okay. And and for my version, I thought a good actor who who's like actually a good actor. Uh, I haven't seen any. I've seen some action. From this person in the movie Baby Driver. Um, We're about to pick my, the same guy, Jay. My Batman is John Hamm. Son of a bitch. 
<laughs> we should have just compared notes and done this as a. <laughs> uh, uh, I would watch that episode. <laughs> Continue on. You're telling me you're Batman's John Ham too. So Jay, <laughs> in my story, Bruce Wayne plays as much of a uh, central role as the Batman does. Yeah. Because while the Batman is trying to keep some sort of order and civility and reclaim uh, what's left of Gotham from the criminal underworld. Bruce Wayne is trying to get help and funding and disaster relief for Gotham. So he is fighting on two fronts. So I wanted somebody who, again, would portray that older grizzled veteran Batman, but would also be great in the role of sort of a um, politician by way of necessity. Um, Yes. The businessman, the billionaire uh, Bruce Wayne, the, the playboy thing is kind of done. He's he's a little past that 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 playboy image. <clears throat> he's still Gotham's most eligible bachelor, uh, but he's taken much more of a well. He's a a well known uh, philanthropist and and uh, you know Gotham's first son, and now he's thrust into the, to the role of um, as both Batman and Bruce Wayne fighting to save Gotham. <clears throat> so someone I thought could do that really well. Um, you might know him from Mad Men or The Town or Baby Driver, John Ham. So one phrase that helped me pick John Ham okay. is if you look at John Ham, mm-hmm. you look at a picture of him, you go, he looks like he used to be a Playboy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what helped me because yeah, is Bruce Wayne still a Playboy? No, because he's older now. He's grizzled. He's you know a veteran of it, but. John Ham. I was like, John Ham. He's well, I guess we don't have to discuss that then. Um Yeah, no, there. Uh great pick, Jay. Good pick, John. I love it. Thanks, right. buddy. Uh <laughs> who do you want to go to next? Let's do Alfred next. Okay, Alfred. That's what's next on my list. So Alfred, <laughs> I was thinking again, I'm like, I need an older, wiser kind of person. And my original pick has already had it already been Alfred. So I wanted somebody Swear new. Swear to God. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. My He had already been Alfred. I was going to pick him, but I decided against it because he only had two opportunities to show his Alfredness, and I loved it. But okay. I decided to switch gears and change it up and pick somebody who hadn't been Alfred. And as soon as I saw a picture of him with a gray beard, I went, yeah, he could be Alfred. Okay. okay. Sam Neill. Ooh. Just think of Sam Neill as the old wise butler who's Good not really pick. a butler anymore. You know, he's like uh he's the he's the new father figure. You know what I mean? Well, he, yeah, that yeah. You know, he's he's wise. He's he's he understands. He knows what Bruce is going through. He sees both sides of it. He's been through it all. Alfred's not there to be his butler anymore. Alfred was there to be his butler when Bruce Wayne's parents died. But we're way past that. Now he's like a mentor. He's a confidant. He's the person Bruce goes to with pro- with his problems, you know. He's yeah. the guy that helps him out in situations. And, like, I'm going to be honest with you. I could see Sam Neill busting some skulls, too. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, my no, Alfred is like a badass. Not that's just a, a really, butler anymore. really good pull. Um, sincerely, though, that's a really good pull. Uh, so, Sam yeah. Neill, I mean. I was like, he'd yeah. be perfect. He would be perfect because he's st- and he's from New Zealand, so he's got that sort of like foreign accent that he can pull from. Yeah, that, you know, because you uh, t- 
typically they put they portray Alfred as English. Yes, Alfred but, Pennyworth. Yeah, English but there's no. Well, and and there's you know, New Zealand English. It's kind. Of, oh, know, he could, he could do a British accent, no problem. Yeah. yeah, that's not an issue. Right. So no, it's a good pick, man. And I I figured Sam Neill and John Hamm acting together in, in scenes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know who's playing Alfred in the Batman? Uh, no. Andy Serkis. Oh, really? From New Zealand. So, nice. bam. There you go. You're ahead of the curve, Jay. Uh, no, that's a good pick, man. Uh, I can definitely see that working. Um, and I'm I'm with you. So again, because we're we're coming at our Batman from kind of the same angle, my Alfred kind of fits that same as he's less the uh, wearing. You know, as much as I love um, Michael Go or Goff in uh the the batman movies you know with michael keaton and all that my alfred doesn't wear a, a you know a tuxedo and go around polishing the linen and all that kind of stuff it, it, it's he's much more of the um uh cons- i'm gonna mispronounce it which is bad because i'm italian consigliere to batman's <laughs> so if if bruce wayne is michael corleone then alfred is his cons- consigliere He's his his war council advisor. He's he's the guy who's there to, like you said, he knows he's he knows exactly what Bruce has been through. He's been there through every single triumph and and failure of Bruce. Uh, he's been there to pick up the pieces when Bruce falls apart and uh, to celebrate the wins with them. Um, granted, he's he's in the cave and helping support that, but he's he's been right there with them. Uh, but he's also been around the block before he became all of this, and that's one thing I loved about. Um, Michael Caine's portrayal in uh, the Chris Nolan verse is that even though I don't think it's ever blatantly stated uh, that version of Alfred was had military service, uh, which is something you see a lot I've repeated a lot in Alfred since then um, in comics anyway. Uh, so, you know, things about the him and his friends in Burma and the, the thief who just stole jewels and tossed them in the lake because some men want to watch the world burn that whole kind of, uh, not necessarily mentor, but uh, like advisor kind of role, um, I thought was really cool. So I wanted somebody, just like you said, someone who's old enough to portray that um, I, I, could be a father figure kind of role, but also not someone who's not so old and in, in past that you couldn't see them if if need be, um, picking up the double bear shotgun and and you know getting some ruffians off the property. Um, so, I picked this person, and I was like, "Oh, God, this is awesome! How? Why has no one thought of this before? He's so great in this part. I can't." Play. And then I realized, "Oh, he did kind of play this role already." But, but, two things. Number one, he voiced the character in a cartoon, and number two, another person who voiced a character in this same cartoon is now playing that character in live action in the Batman. So there's precedent for this. So shut up. Uh, and my pick for Alfred was uh, Ray Fiennes. Oh, solid pick. I like um, it. Yeah. Uh, just, just hit theaters as an action hero in the King's man, um, British to his core. Uh, you might know him better as he who shall not be named from the Harry Potter series. Uh, but everything about him was like, yes, this is awesome. He'd be, and then literally I was going through his filmography and I was like, Lego Batman. Get. Um, wow. Voiced Catwoman, Catwoman in the Batman. So why not do it again? Uh, 
So my original pick was Jeremy Irons. <laughs> and then that's yes, when I realized. Yes, he would be an awesome Alfred. Man, I'd love to see. You know who would be a great Batman for him? That Ben Affleck. I sure think yeah, he'd be a great right. Batman. Tell him uh, you get on that. that. That's why I changed it. It was like, I was like, Jeremy Irons. And then I was like, wait. I feel like I've seen him as Alfred. Oh, that's because he was. Oh. No, you're right, dude. He was the fine Alfred. Uh, giving Bruce shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm sticking with Sam Neill. He's my Yeah, hey, dude, Alfred. no. Good casting is good casting. When they recast James Bond, they kept Judy Dench because you're not going to outdo Judy Dench as M. So good casting is good casting, man. All right. Um, okay. uh, the next one on my list is James Gordon. Okay. Look, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> this might be cheating, but there's only one Jim Gordon in my in my mind. There will never be another Jim Gordon. Pat Hingle? Huh? Oh, no, not, not Pat Hingle? Okay. There, there's, there, there is one Jim Gordon. He will continue to be Jim Gordon. If they keep pumping out Batman movies, it's a tra- tragedy. A tragedy if he's not Jim Gordon. Uh, Gary Oldman. I'm sorry. Man, he'd make a great... James Gordon. I can't believe no one's cast him yet. I know he was already Jim Gordon in the yeah. Nolan trilogy. Yeah. But you can't fix perfection. Well, I'm going to try, Jay. Okay. But anyway, that's, I'm just, <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. Look, Gary Oldman is amazing. And, and you can't argue against, you could tell me, uh, we're going to make, um, I don't know. Trying to think of something random now, and I can't come up with anything. We're gonna cast recast Wonder Woman, and we're gonna have Gary Oldman as Wonder Woman. Like, well, that's odd casting, but it's Gary Oldman, so I'm sure he'll nail it. He, he'll do it. He'll do it. So I, yeah, I might have, I, I guess cheated. I don't know what you want to say. Oh, that's there. cheating as fuck. Yeah, that's uh huh. Come on now, <laughs> it's just like. Well, okay. Let me hear me out now. Okay. All right. So, older grizzled Batman. Uh, darker sort of, uh, well, not darker, but, uh, um, a, a Gordon who will definitely be more of a man of action than he is, uh, a, a, you know, exposition machine. I wanted somebody who was older, um, somebody who was old enough to, again, play against John Hamm as being Batman, Ugh, but somebody who wasn't so, uh, over that you wouldn't find it believable that they could still kick some ass and take some names. I also wanted somebody who can rock a mustache and somebody who, because again, Gordon tends to deliver lots of exposition, has a great voice. You could just listen to you read the phone book and maybe he was still fresh in my mind from a previous episode, but I'm sorry. Clancy Brown would make an awesome James Gordon. Okay. I'm with you. I like it. I like that pick. I felt bad. That's a solid pick. I just put him in his Gandalf. I can't do it again. Can I, but you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I can. It's my list. You know uh, what? I said the same thing. It's my list. I put Gary Oldman in. Yeah, you do. You my man. last you list, but I like that pick. That is a Thank good you. pick. Thank you. He, I could see that Jim Gordon as a man of action. I like it. Cool. All right. Then. So we've got two more uh, that we both have, um, and the next one I have is Dick Grayson. Okay. So here's my first curve. All right. We need Dick Grayson. Okay. Right. Okay. We, we need what? We need Dick Grayson. We don't. Yeah. Sorry. You cut out for a second. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. We need Dick Grayson. We don't necessarily need Robin. Again, I feel like we're just pitching the same movie, Jay. We need Dick Grayson. Yes. So, my Dick Grayson is no longer Robin. My Dick Grayson has gone off on his own to become Nightwing. Not Bat Boy? Not Bat Boy, no. Oh, okay. Uh, Because in my version, Batman had Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson moved on to become Nightwing. He had Jason Todd. Jason Todd is dead. Okay, so that's why. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know where you're going already, Jay. Okay, all right. So, uh, you know, we've got John Hamm working on his own as Batman, Dick Grayson working on his uh, Nightwing. So I needed somebody who could, who kind of has that younger sort of face, but also badassery to be on his own. Somebody who looks good already wearing a mask with dark eye makeup. Somebody who's used to the DC verse. Who may have headlined his own show at one point in time. You see where I'm going with this? John? Yeah. You see where I'm going? Okay. You see where I'm going with this? If you're about to say who I think you're going to say. <laughs> Stephen Amell. Yeah, I have issues with that. <laughs> okay. Major issues with that. All right. Let's hear your issues. Why do you want Green Arrow to be Nightwing? <laughs> you know the fans will never go for that. <laughs> you can be two heroes if one of them flops. Ben Affleck got to be Batman again because his Daredevil flopped. <laughs> Uh, poor, poor Josh Brolin got to be Thanos because they made him do Jonah Hex. <laughs> but when your show gets eight seasons and fans crying out for you to come back, no. <laughs> Just no. All right, John. Okay. All right. You're right. I do. I agree with that. Okay. Now. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I do... Okay, I'm I'm gonna kind of skip ahead a little bit. All right. Yeah. I had a part in this where Green Arrow does show up to help Batman. Okay. And I had a different Green Arrow. Okay. But if you have a huge issue with my Green Arrow, we can we I'm okay with switching them because honestly I went back and forth between the two for a long time. Okay. But I thought I thought Stephen Amell would make a better Nightwing. Than the person that I wanted to play Nightwing. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, but I'm sure we'll make. We'll get to it when we get to it. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm so, sorry. I I'm with you. I know. I tore like I tossed this back and forth in my mind so long because the person I wanted to be Nightwing is to a point in his like. Well, who did you, you could, want to be Nightwing? Okay, so the person I want... We're, we're skipping ahead here a little bit, so I'm giving you a two-for-one. Okay. The person I wanted to be Nightwing, I cast as Green Arrow, and you're going to be like, oh my god, it's the same character, just in a different universe. Um, Jeremy Renner. Really? <laughs> starting to feel like you didn't try very hard. I'm starting to feel like you Googled superhero bow and arrow, and oh... Hey, he'd be cool. 
No, I'm dead. So, okay. So, seriously, the first person that popped into my head for Nightwing was Jeremy Renner. And then I was like, but how what? old is he? Yeah, seriously. He's almost 50. I know. That's why I said. That's why, like, the at first I was like, he'd be an awesome Nightwing. And then I was like, wait, but then that'd make Batman, like, 90. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I have fucking Born Legacy uh, Steelbook Blu-ray on my shelf. I love Jeremy Renner. But both of those roles, get the fuck out of here. No. All right. Listen. Listen. I, no. See, see, listen. Not yeah, to mention I, the fact that he's still in Marvel and I'm pretty sure he's contractually obligated. He can't be in a DC movie. Okay. That's fine. But have you seen him with just his like mustache and chin hair goatee thing? No, Jay. You know what? You know what, John? It's your list. You cast whoever you want. But no. I, I, I can't I can't see it. Okay. All right. Fine. Put it that, how about, I'll put it that way. I, how about this? Right? I'll make a deal with you. Hey, you, you don't you don't have to pacify me. It's your list, bro. No, because movie. I did make a lot of changes. This was really tough. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I I Do you want to hear my pick? Okay, yeah, you go with yours, and then I will come back okay. to what I was saying. Okay. So, again, um, stop me if you've heard this before. In my universe, Dick Grayson uh, <laughs> has graduated from being Robin. He's gone on to be Nightwing. Uh, yeah. This this is kind of deserved two purposes. One, we're far enough along in the storyline of the timeline of Batman that Dick has already graduated past Robin. Two, I don't want a whole lot of Robin. I wanted this to mostly be a focused on Batman story. I wanted there to be some Dick Grayson, but not have it be he's there the entire movie um, because you want to put the focus on on Batman. Um, so in having Dick already being Nightwing, you can explain he's not there for the first part of it because Dick as Nightwing didn't work in Gotham. He worked in Bloodhaven and he's still off in Bloodhaven. So when Gotham goes down, he's got to get back into Gotham uh, after it's been declared a no man's land. So that's part of your part of the reason I went that direction. Uh, and then I wanted someone who was, um, again, old enough to play a convincing because just like Batman, uh, this version of Dick Grayson was Robin. He graduated to becoming Nightwing. He's he's very uh, he, he's a veteran vigilante. He knows what's up. So I wanted somebody who was young enough to portray the youthful playboy aspect that Dick Grayson has because, uh, I don't know if you know this from the comics, Dick Grayson is the man whore of the uh, DC comic book universe. <laughs> he, he dates around a lot. Uh, so I needed somebody who looked good. Uh, and I ran this decision past my wife and it got the, the Whitney thumbs up approval. So somebody who can portray that level of, of gravitas, but somebody who's young enough against John Hamm to play convincing Dick Grayson to his Bruce Wayne. You know him from Ready Player One. And my personal favorite mutant, he was Cyclops in the last couple of X-Men movies. Ty Sheridan is my Dick Grayson. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Okay. How about okay. this? Okay. We take Ty Sheridan as Nightwing. Okay. And move Stephen Amell to Green Arrow. You know what, Jay? When we get to your casting Green Arrow, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. 
No, no, that's my my Green Arrow casting was Jeremy Renner. <laughs> let me okay. What I meant by that, let me get further into your story and, and figure out why Green Arrow was there, and, and then I'll talk to you about who I think should play him. Okay. Uh, Alright. So uh Sorry. our final common character we have is Selena Kyle Catwoman. Yeah. So who do you got? So I wanted somebody that, you know, she's a cat burglar. She has to be pretty good with like conversation, also has to be able to seduce Batman, um, good hand to hand combat skills. Somebody like that has like it's gonna sound weird it has to have the feminine qualities but you don't want to get in a fight with them okay you know what i mean like you're like dang she's good looking but she'd knock me out uh okay. so i started going through people that i would think would make a good selena kyle and i landed on um zoe saldana No, I didn't just Google Marvel superheroes and then pick them. No, I'm laughing because that's who I originally had down for the role, too. Oh, Jesus. I changed okay. my mind because I was like, well, no, 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 no. She's, she's, she's already in Marvel. I better find somebody else. Uh, I also wanted to find somebody who was a little bit older. Uh, but no, that was also my initial pick. <laughs> I stuck with it. I was like, and I was like, yeah, she's in Marvel. But, you know, again, I picked Jeremy hey, Renner, who was also in can... Marvel, but she can pay play a nine foot blue cat lady then she can play uh whatever how tall she is uh normal cat lady so there you go i i, I won't argue with you on zoe Saldana. all right so there's yes Selena so Kyle. again uh everything's being cast off john ham for me so again i wanted uh the selena kyle in this is less of a romantic love interest and more of a been there done that uh ex-girlfriend um, someone who knows all of Bruce's secrets and they've been down that road and it has flamed out uh, multiple times. Uh, there's still a decent working relationship between the two of them, um, but it's not the... There, there's maybe some playful uh, romantic tension, but they know it's not going to work because they've tried it before. Uh, so I wanted somebody who, like you said, uh, looks like they can kick my ass, but is also gorgeous and is also again someone uh, that I would I'm trying to match with John Hamm. Initially, I thought Zoe Saldana. I threw that out. My my second pick, uh, my final pick, Charlize. Okay then. Well, sorry, you can't cut out. What did you say, Charlize Theron? Yes, I did. Great pick. <laughs> Yeah. Great pick. <laughs> um, we might that's... have to get John Hamm and Apple boxes tanned on, but great. No, that's a good pick. She's uh... an amazing actress. She's still gorgeous. Uh, she proved in um, the Old Guard on Netflix. Was it last year or two yeah. years ago? Uh, she can kick ass. Uh, yes. So that that was my pick. That is that is a really good pick. And and thank you. No hate at that all uh, on that at all, but it's it is funny that we both had the same person at first, and you changed yours. It's almost like we used to do this as a show, right? 
Uh, uh, so that is the last of the characters that we have in common. From this point on, there's at least four characters we have in our film that we may not necessarily have the same pick for. So this is going to get a little more into um, uh, the story we're trying to tell and why these characters are in it and and whatnot. So so with that, um, we've got your Bruce, your Alfred, your Gordon, your Dick Grayson, and your Catwoman, Jay, who's the next character uh, crucial for your story. Okay, so like I said... What also Batman curious, is, we still have not gotten to Carl Urban yet. So. Yeah. What, what I said about Batman like realizing that the crime is against the criminals, mm-hmm. right? And not against normal people. So I have to have a criminal. I have to have a criminal that Batman knows. I have to have a criminal that Batman knows and is like visually, it is obviously disturbed by the death of this criminal because that means whoever is taking out these criminals mm-hmm. has their shit together. Okay. So I had to think of, and and the Joker is done to death. I agree with um, Commander Cox. He was, you know, Scott said through text messaging that Joker was un, overdone. And he has been done a lot. So I picked somebody that we've only seen once that is also very unhinged. Well, I guess we've seen him twice, but is also very unhinged, um, but could be portrayed in a way that he could still be like a crime boss. Okay. So my, my character is Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Nice. And so what I'm thinking is it's a big set piece of like, not necessarily, I mean, the big bad can be in on this scene, but mm-hmm. like a big showdown between two faces, thugs and the big bads thugs. And I tried to think of somebody who could portray that calm for one second, but completely unhinged the next sort of character. Uh-huh. And what I landed on was Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, <laughs> As oh, two-faced. that is so good. I'm angry. Oh, <laughs> just Hell like yes. Just imagine Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Two Face in a Last Stand, and I know it's like it's newer. You know, it's like supposed to be you know newer age type stuff. But just like pulling out a Tommy gun and being like, "You're gonna have to take me dead." First of all, dude, it's a Batman movie. You can do whatever you want. Right? But just Jeffrey Dean Morgan just laying down bad guys, like laying down the opposition with a Tommy gun, just like yelling. Like, just visualize that for a second. No, no, Jay. No, no. Not a Tommy gun. Twin Tommy guns. Yes. It's Two-Face. <laughs> yes. One, yes. chromed out, pearl handles. The other, black AF. <laughs> beaten and scratched up yes just laying down bad guys and then it's you gotta do two of everything and then at the end you know when he finally goes down like you have this like sort of moment with the big bad because when i get to my big bad this will make so much more sense where the big bad's just sort of standing over him and then he just like he you know dies opens up his hand and the coin rolls out and it's the scarred side up You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like he died. So he's. Yeah. His luck ran out. But yeah, Jeffrey it. Dean Morgan <laughs> as Two Face. So much, yes. <laughs> so much, yes. Totally redeemed yourself, Jay. I was going to say, hopefully that makes up for the Stephen Amell Jerry totally situation. Yourself. That is so awesome. <laughs> I love it. So there you go. Follow that, John. <sighs> I don't even want to go anymore. Okay, so I'm doing the No Man's Land story. 
And so again, it, it's it's uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman fighting to save Gotham on, on two fronts. One is Bruce Wayne trying to get help for from the people and and to help rebuild Gotham. And the other is he's fighting as Batman to keep the people who are there safe. He's he's struggling. All the uh, inmates of the asylum have gotten loose and they've carved up what's left of Gotham into territories. And it's him reclaiming those territories. So this is a prime opportunity to see really awesome Batman villains completely in their element. Um, so the first one I came up with is because I thought of, OK, well, what's one that A is already in this story and makes sense to be in this story? And B, one that we either haven't seen on screen before or we haven't seen in a very long time before. And this is a character that we haven't seen on screen in almost 25 years. So we are right to do a reinterpretation of. It is a female villain, uh, okay. which I feel like you never see enough of, except for, you know, we always, we always do cat one. We don't always get around to any of the other ones. And it's a person who, again, is in the No Man's Land story, and I would love to see what their territory looks like um, visually on screen. That is Poison Ivy. Ah. Poison Ivy has uh, taken over Gotham's Central Park, and it has become, as you would imagine, a lush, overgrown forest where the plants can eat you just as much as you can eat them. Um, However, because Poison Ivy... Go ahead. You didn't pick Uma Thurman? No. Uh, so <laughs> in this version, uh, Poison Ivy is very much a metahuman, and she can, can manipulate plant growth and stuff. So Batman reaches out to her because uh, she's having trouble with someone else already encroaching on her territory. I'll get to that person in a second. Uh, so he makes an uneasy truce with this person, uh, with, with Poison Ivy, um, to help her in exchange for her using her abilities to grow food for the people still in Gotham. Um, So they start out as a villain, uh, but then they end up being sort of a reluctant ally. And so I wanted somebody who could both uh, play the villain and then play, but be sympathetic enough as a villain that you under, you, you buy into them basically having a truce with Batman um, would have at least part of a really cool fight scene with Batman. And um, sorry, it's, it, I'm a guy. I want someone who's going to look really good doing it as Poison Ivy. Um, so my mind went to, okay, who are some awesome redhead actresses uh, that would look awesome as Poison Ivy? And I had a few front runners, and I finally settled on this one from True Blood and Daredevil, even though she was a blonde in Daredevil. Deborah Ann Wool is my pick for Poison Ivy. Um... I don't know who if I know who that is. Did you watch Daredevil? Yes. Okay, Karen yes. Page. She's blonde in that in that series. Um, it's been a while. But, okay, yeah, what's okay. her name again? Deborah Ann Wall. W O L L. Dude, oh, Deborah okay. Ann Wall. Yep, yep, True Blood. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So that's my pick. Good pick. Thanks, buddy. For, for several reasons, but yes, <laughs> good pick. Yeah, she's gorgeous, uh, and she can act her ass off, and she'd be awesome in the role. So, um, uh, and again, someone who can who can both play a villain because in True Blood she does some bad bad things, uh, pun intended, and and then in Daredevil she's a very sympathetic character, so she can do both ends of that role. So, okay, there you go. I like it. It's a very good pick. What's the next? Uh, okay, what you got? 
So, okay, we already came to this character, but I'll tell you why he's in my story, in my movie. Okay. Okay, so Green Arrow. And the reason he's in it is because Batman sees the writing on the wall. Like like I said, he's a great detective. He's figuring out what's going on. He sees that something is happening to Gotham. It's not good. There's a plan in place. He hasn't quite figured out the plan, but he knows that if Gotham falls, more cities will be next. Okay. okay. So he goes to visit. Now, remember, Bruce Wayne is a billionaire philanthropist, you know, playboy. Yeah. Who else is a rich playboy? Iron Man. Oliver Queen. Oh, right? yeah, him too. Yeah. He, yeah. And they're both in the same universe. So in universe, they would have met as Oliver Queen and Bruce Wayne. So was it fully suited up Green Arrow or is it Ollie Queen? So it's it's both. Okay. Like, like, I feel like it's a wink, wink, nod, nod. Bruce Wayne knows who Oliver Queen is. Oliver Queen knows who Bruce Wayne really is. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, they know each other. They met through, say they met through this whole philanthropy thing and being billionaires or whatever, but then realized they were, like, figured out, because they're both pretty good at figuring things out, who that they were a vigilante to. So he kind of, like, goes to visit Oliver Queen in the, under the, the guise of, like, Bruce Wayne going to meet with, you know, another billionaire. Okay. Right? To get okay. his help in the situation in Gotham. And his, his pitch would be, look, it's happening to Gotham. Star City, or whatever they call it, is next. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? I got gotcha. you. So it makes sense in context of my idea. Okay. Because he's just trying to get some extra help. Like, that's why he goes and gets help from Nightwing as well. Okay. Okay. It's calling him backup. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So that's why I had Green Arrow. Um, I wouldn't care. I don't care if he was Stephen Amell, but you said that you might have a better idea. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Stephen Amell played a very definitive version of that character. Yes. And I don't think you put that actor back in that role unless they're playing that same version of the character. And like, he's not, I don't want that one. Right, exactly. You, and I'm fine, and I am perfectly fine with that. I am fine letting the Stephen Amell Arrow, Arrow versus Green Arrow be its own thing. Which is um, why, I just want to say, this is why I was trying to defend my Jeremy Renner pick. Because okay. he can play that goofball sort of off the cuff, like okay. Here's you know who I mean? you want for your Green Arrow. I've okay. thought about this. All right, or two. I'm ready. As a Green Arrow fan, you want yes. the more comic book accurate Green Arrow. You also need somebody who's about the same age as Bruce, and you're casting up Bruce for this, yeah. uh, age wise. So you want get your IMDb ready because he hasn't done a whole lot. Okay, hold on. I'm getting my Google ready. Here we go. But his name has been thrown out as his character before, and it's just too perfect not to do. So, look up the name Josh Holloway. H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y. You know him as Sawyer from Lost. Oh. That's your Ollie Queen. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can put him in my movie as Oliver Queen. Yeah. Good job, John. Yeah, I've thought about that a little bit. Thank you for helping me on that. (laughs) So, okay. 
So with him in place instead, uh-huh. right? Okay. And then, uh, what'd you say, Ty Sheridan is Nightwing? Yeah, that's why, yeah. Do you, how's that lineup look? Looks like yeah. You like it how's, so far? How does what? You, do? you cut out again. How's sorry? How's it look for my movie? What do you think so far? So far, I'm liking it. Yeah. Okay. Just wait. It gets better. Okay. I I'm pretty sure I know where you're going. Um. So. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. What do you got next? Okay. So I mentioned uh, that Batman makes an uneasy alliance with Poison Ivy in helps of getting rid of somebody who is sniffing around her territory. And that person is another villain we have yet to see in live action at all, but is a very popular lower level Batman villain. Someone who visually would be awesome to see Batman fight on screen. Um, But some who wouldn't necessarily be just an actor on set. Uh, And I do want an actor on set for this, but this, this role is going to be heavily CGI later. And I'm talking about the villain Clayface. Ooh, yeah. So the backstory for Clayface, he's an actor, he blah, blah, tragic accident happens, uh, and now he is a being created of basically molding clay. Uh, and he can form himself into different uh, shapes and objects and make himself look like different people. Uh, but he is still at his heart an actor, so he loves portraying different people. Um, but again, it's going to be a lot of CGI, uh, a lot of mocap. And there is no one better at mocap and CGI and someone who I think should play Clayface when he's just in his normal form. Andy Serkis. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like and again, it. he's a bit of a minor character because he's just there as he's he's a villain that Batman. He's, he's sniffing around Poison Ivy's territory, kind of trying to take over a bit. And, and it, it's the truest Batman forms of Poison Ivy. So I'll help you get rid of Clayface and you help out the people of Gotham. I like uh, it. So there you go. Thank you. Nice. That is, that's good. I like that. Clayface. That's good. I know, right? One of you. Oh, Andy we... Circus would be perfect, too. He's in every role in when he's actually just, you know, acting, when he's not doing like Gollum stuff. Uh, like, I, I, I was a good, I don't know how long into King Kong before I realized Cookie, the, the cook on the ship, was Andy Circus. I was like, oh shit, that's Andy Circus. Uh, he's just, he melts into roles. Um, and I still know people who didn't realize Andy Circus was Ulysses Claw in um, uh, Black Panther and Age of Ultron until it was pointed out to him. So, yeah, uh, perfect in, in the role. Love it. Great. Thank you. Uh so John. Yes. Jason. Okay. John Ham, Bruce Wayne Batman. Yep. Enlist the help of Nightwing. Okay. Uh-huh. Enlist the help of Green Arrow. Uh-huh. So you got these three vigilantes, right? But here's the thing that's not enough. Okay. Okay. So Selena, Selena Kyle, you know, she's not there. She's for her own means. She also sees the writing on the wall. She knows that if things hit, hit the shitter, her she's out of luck too, right? Okay. So she's there to help. Okay. Yeah. They need one more piece, John. Okay. They need one more, one more piece to make it complete. Somebody who's out for his own benefit who is hired by criminals to take out other people, some sort of master mercenary 
somebody who's an absolute badass. Peacemaker? (laughs) Somebody. Deadshot. Somebody who has been. Will Smith is Deadshot. I love it. Has has wrongly been stripped from us from DC movies forever. You know him. I love him. Deathstroke. Oh. I never would have seen that coming from a Batman movie pitched by Jason LePage. Right? Okay. Okay. But, but guess what? What? You know him. You uh-huh. love him. I do. He's the bacon that makes everything better. Uh-huh. Carl Urban. Use his full name. Carl fucking Urban. Thank you. As Deathstroke. And when people raise their eyebrows and go, wait, Carl Urban is Deathstroke? I point you to Judge, I point you to Dread, not Judge Dread, the movie Dread. Dread. Yep. His face is half covered that entire movie, and with his voice alone, and just that part of his face, he acted the shit out of that movie. Oh, yeah. And, and then if people are like, well, I don't think he can be an anti-hero, I say to you, good sir, go watch The Boys on Amazon. And tell me he can't be an anti-hero. Well, need to remind you, he has played villains before. This he went up right. against Jason Bourne. I mean, yeah. Yes. So, Carl fucking Urban Deathstroke joins like it, the party. Right? I like it. Like, his, so, like, like I said, this is his livelihood. He is a mercenary. You know, he goes to the highest bidder. And if the highest bidders are criminals, and the criminals are going down... Well, he's going to join with the team to help himself, right? So I dig it. I dig it. There you go. Deathstroke. I know you're really shocked, aren't you? That Deathstroke was in my Batman movie. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, So, but but here's the thing. This is, I just want to throw one thing in. Okay. I want his introduction to be like him sitting in like the bat cave. I know this isn't him. Like this is not typically deathstroke but him sitting in the bat cave with his feet up on like the desk of the computer smoking a cigar with his helmet sitting next to him and his eye patch (laughs) when like you know batman gets back from recruiting all of these other vigilantes and he's just like we need to talk i don't know why it just popped into my head i think that would be awesome okay i mean there are worse ways to introduce a character (laughs) so anyway okay uh, okay, I've got a twofer for you, Jay. I'm ready. So, okay, the, the whole storyline. Um, again, I wanted I wanted villains who served the story, who had a purpose in the story. Um, so we've got Poison Ivy because she's there to help uh, Batman get food for the people. Clayface is who he fights off to get this alliance with with Ivy. Um, I don't, okay, I'll go. I'll go with the lesser one first. Um, he's also, again, trying to keep the people who are in Gotham safe and, and get them supplies. And there's someone in Gotham who's very good about getting things that are hard to find for the right price. And in an environment like this, even though he may have lost his famous iceberg lounge, he still has his supply lines in place. And he's <laughs> someone who, again, is a villain, uh, but Batman, it's this villain Batman can work with. Uh, and I'm talking about the Penguin. Uh, and in my version of the movie, I went back and forth on this a bunch um, until it, it hit me uh, just the other day. 
again, get ready to, to IMDb this because you might not know the actor. Uh, my perfect penguin, who is uh, not the Danny DeVito rah, 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 you know, penguin or the Burgess Meredith dude in the talks. My penguin is the mid-level crime boss penguin who to uh, has a front of being a legit businessman who runs the iceberg lounge, but really is dealing in every uh, underhanded shady, you know, arms and drugs and contraband and all that smuggling it through his nightclubs. That's my version of Penguin. Uh, and that's why he's in this is because Batman needs his supply lines. My Penguin is Jesse Plemons, who you might know as the weird German bad guy from the Jungle Cruise. Uh, he was also in one of my favorite movies of last year, uh, Antlers. Um, I think he just got an Oscar nomination the other day. Uh, but Jesse Plemons is my perfect Penguin. He's someone who can do great dramatic work, who can also do kind of quirky over the top comedy like in, in Jungle Cruise. Um, he, he can ride that line. And I think he'd be perfect in the role. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, I did look him up. He's uh, in Breaking Bad. He's uh, I haven't seen Breaking Bad, but OK. OK, yeah. If if you've seen if you'd seen Breaking Bad, you'd know. He could definitely pull off a completely unhinged version of Penguin too, if you needed him to. I will. I will take your word for it. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I like it. I like Thank it. You. Good pick. He would. Yeah, he'd be a good Penguin. I do agree with that. So you had. You said you had a twofer. Who's my? I do. My one first. So this is. This is. This is my last one, and it's a twofer. Okay. So. As all this is going on, we've got these cool action scenes of, of Batman, you know, taking over Penguin's nightclubs and, and the distribution line. We've got him fighting off Clayface to, to get out again good with Poison Ivy. The other half I keep alluding to um, is Bruce Wayne trying to help get Gotham put back together uh, using his fortune and his connections to try to help Gotham. The other part of this is there's a mystery to it because Gotham doesn't have any fault lines. So where did this massive earthquake come from? It was engineered by someone who would do that for what purpose? That's the other mystery Batman's trying to figure out. And as Bruce Wayne, he's out there trying to get help for, for Gotham and, and, very unlikely ally presents themselves. It's someone who on the surface, Bruce Wayne should be more than happy to be getting a, a helpful hand from. But as Batman, he knows whatever I take from him is going to come with a heavy cost. And is it worth taking his help to help Gotham? And that name is, this is what's going to throw you. Lex Luthor. Ah, I, I was waiting for it. I know. I was waiting for you to say that. Not typically a Batman villain. Uh, yes. This is one of the things I love about this storyline is Lex Luthor uh, presents to to Bruce, you can't do this alone. Let uh, LexCorp help. LexCorp has got just as deep pockets as you do. We've got all kinds of cool connections. We'll even bring in our private uh, uh, security force to help the beleaguered police department get everything back on track, you know? And on the surface, in, you know, in public, there's nothing wrong with this. We should be happy to be getting this. But Bruce knows it's Lex. I can't trust him. Whatever he's offering, there's something to it. So through this, Batman figures out Lex is the one who caused the earthquake to begin with. You know why, Jay? Money. Real estate, Jay. It's the Real one estate. thing they're not making more of. Real estate. If he destroys Gotham 
and with it, all the land records of who owns what. And then LexCor comes in as a white knight to help rebuild Gotham City. He'll own that new Gotham City. Nice. I'm really excited to see who you want as Lex Luthor. As Lex Luthor, Stephen Lang. Ah, oh, there it is. Oh, are you going to shave his head? Well, yeah, it's Lex Luthor. He has to. Right, right. Nice. You can keep the beard, though. I'm cool with that. Um, but here's the two for Jay. So our our climax to this yep. is Batman's got these uneasy alliances with some of the, the villains and things are starting to get back on track. And he's finally uncovered Lex is behind the earthquake. And and the the climax comes with he's he Bruce and Batman calling all their favors. It's one big kind of climactic battle to expose uh, Lex for being the one behind all this. Um, but at the same time, using that as as blackmail to make sure that Lex keeps good and all his promises to help fix Gotham. But leading into that, Lex Luthor's not the kind of guy that fights Batman in a cool climactic fist fight. But you know how I said. He's going to, uh, Lex Luthor is offering to bring in his private security firm. Yep. Hey, Jay. Uh huh. If you're Lex Luthor and you know you're doing dirty business in Gotham City and you know the Batman might be coming around and you want a personal bodyguard, what sword for hire do you go with? Uh, Bane. Sword for hire, Jay. Uh, Daredevil. Uh, Deadpool. You go with Deathstroke, and you go yes. with Carl fucking Urban. Oh, my God. What? Yep. <laughs> no. Yep. I will snap you my list. Yep. Good Lord. Come on. I had him How? in bed. I'm like, no, no, that's too obvious. That's too obvious. There's got to be a cooler cooler thing we can think of. And, and God sure enough. damn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is why we're friends. <laughs> this is why we used to do this show. Jesus. How, what is what are the chances of that? Like, so yeah, Batman goes to confront Lex and then tell him, "I've got this. I've, I've got you know, I've got you. I've got you dead to rights." And and um, yeah, Lex gives him the whole weld. It's it's doesn't matter what you know. It's what you can prove. Uh, and right as he's about to confront him, we get the dramatic reveal of maybe you should have a word with my associate. And you know, like the elevator doors open and it's fucking Deathstroke. Yes. I love it. It's oh, good. It's good. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. It's good. Uh, so at the end of the film, we've we've defeated the the bad bads, and we've uh, held Lex to. Um, you know, we, we've defeated his his private security force, which he was using to help erase uh, records around town and things like that. Uh, but Lex, because he's this version of Lex is to the public upstanding businessman, but behind the scenes evildoer. So Bruce uses that to his advantage of making sure he keeps up on his bargain to help rebuild Gotham, uh, while at the same time uh, making sure as Batman that he he's he's not doing you know dirty. Um, so we end with the promise of we, we start build a digging ground or ground groundbreaking of what will become New Gotham. And, uh, you know, we, we cut to Alfred and Batman, like making plans for the new Batcave, things like that. Um, all's well that ends well. And as far as the uneasy alliances with some of his villains and rounding up the other villains who haven't been caught yet. Well, that's for future movies. Nice. Thank you.
Um, so. So yes. I have one. I have one thing left. Okay. My big bad. Your big bad. Beetleborg. Here we go. So my big bad uh, has to be somebody that has a lot of disposable henchmen at their service. Not just disposable henchmen, but disposable henchmen that are capable. So you need capable disposable henchmen. Somebody that has all these individuals who will do whatever their leader asks them without question. I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Uh huh. My big bad, the one trying to take over Gotham, Raz al Ghul. So let me get this straight. Raz al Ghul and the League of Assassins trying to take over Gotham City. And also Green Arrow was there. Yes. <laughs> so it's Batman Begins with Green Arrow? Uh, no. Okay. No. 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 Okay. Um, yes, they're trying to take over Gotham City, but in in uh, Batman Begins, they're trying to kill everybody and or like let set Gotham on itself. Okay. They're not trying to set Gotham on itself. They're trying to take it for themselves. Oh, okay. Which is why they're trying to take out all the criminal heads to establish his own. You know what I'm saying? I got gotcha. you. Okay. So anyway, Raz Al Ghul, League of Shadows, a lot of trained assassins at his disposal. And and who, who pray tell is this leader? Who is the man portraying this ultimate warrior? The demon's this, head. The demon's head. He's this guy mortal. that he's he's got a Lazarus pit in his backyard, you know, hot tubs mm-hmm. in it, right? Uh Somebody who could portray this sort of badass, but also be well-spoken enough mm-hmm. to portray the head of the demon. To portray a character who's been around for centuries. All right. Get out your scorebooks, because it's bonus time. Stephen <gasps> Lang. <laughs> wow. <laughs> huh. Stephen Lang is Ra's al Ghul. He could do it. You don't hate it, do you? <laughs> I don't hate it. My only issue is, um, how do I put this politely? Stephen Lang is white as fuck. Yes, I yes. <laughs> Other than you. that, I love it. I'm with you on uh, that. Look, Jay, let's be honest. You're not going to top Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Two Face. <laughs> that true. was your high point. That was your your stanza moment. That is genius casting. Uh, no, I don't but, hate. It. But just imagine that scene between Stephen Lang and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Ra's al Ghul and Two-Face. Just bask in it. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is so like at the end of the movie, there's this. It all comes to a head, you know, Batman versus Ra's al Ghul. And I mean, you can even like throw it back a la animated series where Bruce takes the cowl off and fights him mano y mano. Well, that's straight out of the comics. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Do that, right? And then, because, you know, you sequel baited your movie, right? Well, it's a Batman movie. You got to sequel bait it. 
sequel bait it. He's ready. He he defeats Roz, you know. Uh-huh. Batman, John Hamm, Bruce Wayne, Batman, bloodied, battered. He looks at him and he says, I beat you. You know, I've won. And Stephen's, Stephen Lang's last words are, your young ward isn't dead. Meaning Jason Todd. Are you planting Red Hood seeds throughout the rest of the movie, or is that supposed to just come out of nowhere? You could. I didn't. You could. Okay. Definitely could. Um, because you talking about someone taking out crime lords, I was like, okay, you're doing Red Hood. I I thought about putting Red Hood in the movie too, but I didn't. Well, here's the problem with Red Hood: is yeah. you can't do that story anymore because everyone knows who Red Hood is. Right. Everyone knows. Was the twist. There's no shock or surprise to it. It's just okay. Get to it. So, that's it. it that's not terrible. That's good sequel bait. Um, I think you need to uh, sprinkle in a little more references, right? Uh, unless you just want him to come out of left field. Unless you want him to just like throw the Robin mask at him and be like, he's not dead or something. I don't know. You can play it. It's not bad. Right, and it would be good, like, and then your sequel could be, like, you know, the search for Spock, but it's the search for Robin. Um, one suggestion, and I love yeah. your bonus points for Stephen Lang. Yes. But an actor I have always thought would be awesome in the role of Ra's al Ghul, and someone who is now perfectly uh, uh, aged up to play the these older version of the role. Get your get your IMDb ready again. Yep, yep. Okay. You might not recognize this name. Oded Fair. O-D-E-D, first name, Fair, F-E-H-R, last name. You will oh, I know that guy. Him. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. The yep. Mummy, he played Ardeth Bay. Uh, he's also in some of the Resident Evil movies, uh, Deuce Bigelow. He's apparently uh, in Star Trek Discovery because I gave up on that show. Uh, amazing, amazing actor, and I have always thought would be an awesome Ra's al Ghul. He would be. You're right. He would do a good job. Just my one little run throw that out there. So we're yeah. talking casting. If we're talking casting and we're, and we're casting Rosal Ghoul, he has been my top pick for a while. So I I have nothing against that. <laughs> um, I agree. He would or, he'd probably be a better Roz. Uh or uh He's already been in a DC movie, but uh, I think most people have probably forgotten about it. Uh, in fact, most people probably know him better from another role, and I'm stalling for time because I can't think of his name off the top of my head. So give me just one second. You cast Pedro Pascal. Oh. The Mandalorian as, himself. As, as Roz. Uh, Roz. I, yeah. I could see it. I like the other one better. Okay. Um, Just throwing names out there, man. Just throwing names out there. Yeah. Uh, I would say if, yes, if I re, if I didn't use Stephen Lang as Roz and use the guy, I already forgot his name. Oded, what is it? Oded Fair. Yep. From the mummy. I like that actually. That'd be really cool. Um, but I would still want Stephen Lang somewhere. That's fair, man. Honestly, for a while, I had Stephen Lang as Jim Gordon. 
Ooh, that that's not a bad Nate choice. Lance Brown popped in, and I was like, Ugh. so there's like I don't know, have them get into a fist fight and, and figure it out. I don't know. Either one of them would be great in that role. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just gonna say I would watch your movie. I would watch your movie. You want some bonus casting? Because I can't help myself. I I'm here for it. Okay, so uh, another player making the rounds in this, someone helping Batman out. Because again, post Earth, pre Earthquake, we see Batman doing stuff, and he's very much uh, the high tech Batman you think he is. Uh, again, he's been there, done that, and he's got all the tools uh, and all the toys. Um, but at post Earthquake, he loses a lot of his tech, and he realizes he's become over reliant on tech, and he has to go back to some old school methods. And one of the things he now suddenly has to do a lot more groundwork on is information. He doesn't have a surveillance network all over Gotham like he used to. And one person he goes to for help with that, former Batgirl, Barbara Gordon. Now working as a mysterious figure known as the Oracle. And my casting, uh, Whitney did not approve of this, but I still think it's a genius, Anna Kendrick. Uh, From... Anna Kendrick from like Pitch Perfect Anna Kendrick? Yeah. I don't hate it. I can if see you've it. only ever seen her in rom-coms, I get it. But if you look yeah. at some of her more dramatic stuff, she is an amazing actress. Uh, she's just mostly known for rom-com stuff. Yeah. No, I get it. Like uh, Specifically her in, um, if you haven't seen the movie End of Watch, uh, go watch that now because it's an awesome uh, cop action movie. But she's really good in that too. Um, so if we're doing bonus stuff, can I just throw something at you because I changed it? I went back and forth yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, do it. And I, I, I don't mind your Ty Sheridan pick as Nightwing, okay. but I actually had a different one before I changed it to Stephen Amell. Okay. And maybe this would be better. I don't know. Let's. Okay. I just want to hear your opinion because I was going to pitch this to you. But um, Patrick Wilson. I feel like he's too old. I love Patrick Wilson. And see, that's the thing. He for that role, I think he's too old. I think he's he's about the same age as John Hannon, isn't he? No, I think he's younger. Um, here, I just looked it up. Okay, Patrick Wilson is forty-eight. So there's John maybe a couple Hamm. years difference. John Hamm is 50. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's, see, that's another thing that handcuffed me was with age. Um, and like, I like Patrick Wilson and he was, what's his name? Night Owl. Yeah. I love Patrick Wilson. I love his portrayal as Night Owl. I love um, him as uh, Orm in Aquaman. Um, I'm glad to see we're going to see him at Aquaman 2 in some capacity. I love him in the con. Like, I love that actor. I just, I, him playing Dick Grayson, I don't think so. Him playing Batman, I'll get behind. Yeah. He's just like, like you said, I think he's aged too much. Yeah. He's, what'd you say, two years younger than John Hamps? Yes. I mean, Hollywood cheats on ages a lot, but I, that's pretty, I mean, uh, uh, famously uh, in Last Crusade, uh, Sean Connery plays Harrison Ford's father, and there's only like a six-year age difference between the two. So you can cheat age in Hollywood, but I think that might be stretching a little bit. Yeah, and um, 
So there, and there was like, well, I was trying to formulate what, what I wanted to see out of a Batman movie. There was a moment where I was going to turn Batman beyond into a movie. That has been rumored for a while. And that would be a really fun movie to do a, a fan cast, uh, and story yeah. pitch for, cause I love Batman beyond. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that idea, but, um, yeah, I think we, we both had very, obviously, we both had very similar ideas of what we wanted from a Batman story is we're so over the origin. And, and I just I I want to see the detailed, nuanced, fleshed out world that the comic books have for Batman yeah. in a movie. And there's this thinking on the behalf of executives that, well, we, we've got to work people into it. We've got to spend three or four movies building up all these characters. And no, no, you don't. It's Batman. You can work on the nuance of the characters, but everyone knows Batman, Joker, Riddler, Penguin. He has the most famous rogues gallery in all of comic books. You don't need to hold people's hands, especially post MCU. You really don't have to hold people's hands. You can throw an audience into a an older Gotham with the Batman who's been around and you know been there, done that, and have Penguin just walk into a scene and interact with with Batman or Bruce Wayne or whatever. And you don't have to do a whole freaking origin for how that person got. You could you can just do it like the comics do. Um, and that's something I think we both really want to see is just jump right into this you know, fleshed out, lived in Batman universe on screen and make references to all kinds of characters and past events. And maybe you get around to fleshing them out. And maybe you don't. Maybe it's just a one off reference. Who cares? Uh, just endless storytelling possibilities. Let's get past the origins for everybody and get to the more interesting stories with these characters. Um. Yeah, I just had a thought. Sorry, the wheels were spinning because I was thinking about uh, replacing. <laughs> if you replaced Roz, where do you put Stephen Lang? Uh huh. How would you feel about him as a Victor Freeze? That'd be interesting. Um, can he make ice puns? Uh no, we're no. I would, I would avoid the shit. Have him say that. "chill out" with an Austrian accent. No, thank you. Uh <laughs> What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Oh God, Jesus! Uh, no, I th- <laughs> I'm going to play Diablo. I'm going to kill Milan. Um, God, sorry. <laughs> but I think we're on the same page of we want a an embattled, grizzled veteran yeah. Batman, and we really want to see some characters that haven't gotten the love they deserve on screen. Deathstroke. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I don't know where they came from yeah uh and and you know when scott said the no joker thing uh in, in our chat i i i was kind of like oh i was kind of looking forward to recasting joker but no he's a thousand percent right joker is so fucking overdone yeah. so is harley quinn right now i'm so over those characters uh which is why i i cut them both out of my my, my project and went with again characters who either we haven't seen at all like clayface uh and deathstroke or characters that haven't been done in a long time, like Poison Ivy. Yeah. Because uh, I started to realize, like, other than in, like, cartoons and stuff, there's not been a live-action Poison Ivy. I think the Gotham show might have done one, but I don't count Gotham because that show is terrible. Um, since Uma Thurman in 98, 
we haven't gotten an on-screen Poison Ivy, and that's just weird. And and that's why I picked, like, I know Roz has been done recently, and, you know, Liam Neeson did a great job. Um, But, like, I want a different story with him. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And Well, and again, even Roz al Ghul in Batman Begins was a very toned-down version of Roz al Ghul. Yeah. And, and they they make allusions to uh, his Ra's al Ghul immortal are his methods supernatural. And then we never get around to that again because Chris Nolan's a fucking coward. Um, so, yeah, doing a straight up comic book accurate uh, head of the demon Ra's al Ghul with Lazarus Pits and the fucking League of Assassins, not League of Shadows. They're called the League of Assassins. We finally got a more representation all kind of and have taken on the mantle before and we we have a Lazarus pit to extend our age but we still trade off who it is like they kind of punted that with Arrow but you can still lean into that heavy for a movie and have it work yeah um, the, and like, that's why I wanted Harvey Dent slash Two-Face, because... Yeah, dude. You're going to be thinking about that for a while, aren't you? God, the casting is so good. I would also not be opposed to uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Batman. Right. Because there have been people, ever since he was cast as Thomas Wayne in the flashback sequence for Batman v Superman, people have been like, hey, you know, there's that Flashpoint storyline where we, we go to a future where Thomas Wayne became Batman. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Thomas Wayne Batman. That'd be badass. And they're not wrong. Uh, but I will say Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Harvey Dent Two-Face. That might be the best casting of this entire episode, Jack. Twin gunning. Tommy guns taking out friggin' assassins under Ra's al Ghul's rule. <laughs> as much as we love Carl fucking Urban as Deathstroke, um, <laughs> that might be the best casting. Well, thank you. I I thought he'd be really well to play both sides of that. The yeah. Calm, cool, collected, and then the totally friggin' unhinged. So there you go. Uh, and if you let us know what do you think of our casting, uh, what do you think of our storylines? Would you watch that? Um, are there other Batman storylines in the comics you want to see adapted? Do not say uh, under the Red Hood <laughs> for reasons already mentioned. Uh, there, again, there's you know 80 plus years of awesome Batman stories to pull. Um, no Man's Land is just the first big Batman thing I read because uh, when I got into comics in the early 2000s, it was still being it was still a thing referenced as to what had changed the status quo for Batman. So uh, I have not read all of it. I haven't. It, it it spanned like six comics and 80 issues over like a year and a half. I haven't read all of it. I'm not going to read all of it. But again, I thought the the bones of that story would make a cool Batman movie or an even cooler uh, Batman HBO series. Uh, where we can really digging into and uh, have um, uh, and, and like because because each villain takes over their own territory and then like they're kind of looks like their own like a layer of them but like a section of Gotham uh, who would have a really cool looking section of Gotham it's like Poison Ivy obviously everything is like 
overgrown with plants and stuff. And I thought, oh man, Mad Hatter. Uh, and like you hear people referring to uh, a section of Gotham called Wonderland. Don't go to Wonderland. And, and Batman has to go to figure out what Wonderland is. And it's Mad Hatter's taking over and control people's minds to act out as if they're characters in um, Wonderland. And I had Peter Dinklage as Mad Hatter. I was like, that's cool. But that's like, no, that's an episode of a show. That's not that we ain't got time for that in a movie. So, yeah, yeah. this got away from me. It, it, it did. I had a Cassandra Kane Batgirl and a Asriel. It, 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 it got away from me. Yeah, it, yeah. This was, uh, I, I enjoyed this casting a lot more than Lord of the Rings. Just going to say. Well, there's a lot more freedom within this, I think. Uh, Yeah. Because, yeah. We all kind of agreed, like, if you were going to recast Little of the Rings, you shouldn't, because it's perfect. I don't know why you would. But if you were going to... You're right. This one, it's more like, well, we know... Because, again, Batman's been recast and reinterpreted so many times over the years. There's a lot more freedom to play with with the Batman reboot, because it's already been done before. And even if your movie flops in three to five years, they're going to do it again. So, a lot less pressure. But yeah. Let us know what you think of our pitches and our casting, and let us know what your casting choices for these roles would be. Uh, how pumped are you to see Carl Urban as Deathstroke? The answer better be a lot. A million percent. All the pumped. Yes. Uh, so, with that, I believe we're done today. Uh, but hold on. Hold on, what's this? Jay? Something's coming in over the back computer. It's telling me... Telling me this this episode about Batman has now become a three parter, Jay. Oh, it's a three part episode because how could we ever discuss the Dark Knight and not discuss what is perhaps the greatest animated series ever made? Uh, according to the back computer, Jay, uh, and we have to obey the back. Um, Adam West taught us that. It knows all. Next week, we will be diving into Batman, the animated series. Oh, will Obi-John and the Doc ever agree on a Green Arrow character? Is Carl fucking Urban the best Deathstroke to ever be cast? Of course he is. Why would you ask questions about that? How much did Obi-John shit his pants at the Jeffrey Dean Morgan casting of Two-Face? Tune in Spoiler, next week it's a to lot. Find, <laughs> tune in next week to find out all the answers. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, this has been your weekly Bat Alert.